It's Monday night, and you know what that means. Welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show, where A to the Kania is running wild. I am Carl, and joining me as always, the other half of the middle-aged outlaws, the one and only, it's Anthony, everyone. Anthony, you say hello that right to the this. people. Hello, people. Right <laughs> We're here again. We're here again. Yeah. And what an exciting one we've got, Carl. We've got the WrestleMania oh. Rewind. We've been looking forward to this. For those of you yes. who join us on social media, uh, for starters, thank you very much. We always enjoy the interactions. But secondly, you'll have noticed Carl's fantastic tournament bracket for oh, nominate or determining the best WrestleMania. Um, for those of you who didn't follow the bracket, essentially, we landed on WrestleMania 17 as the best WrestleMania ever, as voted for by you, the people. We did. So, to cap that off, we thought, well, the WrestleMania Rewind, it's only right that we rewind right on back to WrestleMania 17, and let's talk about this, what is now the best WrestleMania. Let us do it, my friend. So, the greatest WrestleMania of all time, as voted by you. So This is the we... Bret Hart of WrestleManias, guys. The <laughs> best there is. The best there was, and will it be the best there ever will be? Hmm, let's see. Um, I would like to hope not, to be honest, because you, you strive for, <laughs> you know. Anyway, yes. let's talk about it, Carl. I'm excited. So, I'm excited. If we do this like we would do any other kind of This Week in Wrestling kind of thing, we'll run through the card, shall we? So, I'm not going to talk about Sorry. Sunday Night Heat, but, you know, X Factor were on <laughs> there. Um, they had a match. That was cool. But for the WrestleMania card itself, we kick things off with Chris Jericho defending his Intercontinental title against William Regal. And he picked up the win to defend that belt. We then had Taz and the APA teaming up to take on right to centre. With Taz and APA picking up the win. The hardcore title was on the line in a triple threat match with Raven. Taking on Big Show and Kane. With Kane becoming the new hardcore champion. The European title was on the line as Test took on Eddie Guerrero. In which Eddie Guerrero picked up the win and the belt along with it. Kurt Angle took on Chris Benoit in an absolute wrestling classic that Kurt Angle came away from with the win. The women's title was also on the line with Ivory from right to centre taking on China as China defeated her to become the new women's champion. In a street fight we had Vince McMahon with Stephanie McMahon and Trish Stratus in his corner taking on Shane McMahon and you know wheelchair bound Linda McMahon in this street fight with Mick Foley as the special guest referee. And the winner was, of course, Shane O'Mac. We had the WWE tag titles on the line in a tables, ladders and chairs match. The Dudleys defending against Edge and Christian and the Hardys with Edge and Christian picking up the win. We had a trip down memory lane with a gimmick battle royal match um, consisting of all of your favourite wrestling gimmicks over the years with the ultimate winner at the end being Iron Sheik. Undertaker took on Triple H with his streak, obviously, uh, before it was probably common knowledge at the time, but his streak obviously remained undefeated, as we know, as he picked up the win against Triple H. And the main event was The Rock versus Stone Cold, number two. And um, Stone Cold picked up the win via some interesting shenanigans. Mm. They say so one of the more infamous WrestleMania moments happened here. Certainly. And one of the most polarizing as well, which we'll come on to oh, yeah. um, as, we, oh, yeah. as we get there. But to kick things off, the Intercontinental title, Chris Jericho, you know what's so weird about, about WrestleMania Rewinds, right? And I need to mention it because of the first match we're going to talk about. And that's the fact that uh, you're looking at it through nostalgic goggles now. And I'm just like, I love this match. And purely because William Regal's in the ring. I fucking I love it. I miss that guy. 
it is crazy to think, you know, how many years has it been since we saw William Regal? And this was this was when he was at the height of his, you know, being the Commissioner Regal thing. And I remember so much the build-up to this. It was, you know, it wasn't quite Austin McMahon, but at the same time it was William Regal was putting Jericho, you know, in some serious matches to kind of get back at him. Um, and obviously Jericho was getting revenge on Regal by doing things like pissing in his tea. Um, <laughs> because why wouldn't and as you know, though, as a British guy, that's just... You just, no, you know, you just don't piss in someone's on. tea. That's not you know on, I mean? It's not on. No one pisses in a British guy's tea. Um, but, yeah, so what what do you think of this match, Anthony, to kick off the show with the Intercontinental Championship with the likes of Chris Jericho and William Reed? I will say what struck me, um, and don't be wrong, this was a fucking, a really, really good match. Um, and as you say, I mean, to be honest, I probably can't remember the build-up as well as you, uh, but... Not that being said, two absolute fucking professionals in the ring here. It was always going to be a good match. And what struck me looking back on it as well is the fact that like this was like an opener. This was like a let's ease into WrestleMania kind of match. And um, I don't know. I feel like we've not had a match of that caliber start the show in a long time. Apologies for anyone who disagrees with that. But um, I don't know. I just yeah. It it was just. I try not to be too favourable to it in some senses because I know that I'm like sort of nostalgically looking at it like, ah, oh, yeah, Jericho's a legend, so is Regal, and it's all boss, but <laughs> oh, come on, I mean, how can they put on a bad match together? It was, um, I would have had more of it, to be honest. I would have had like a lot more of these two going yeah, at each other. And like, I can't remember too many matches between them. I'm sure they did have some, like, because they both come from uh, WCW, am I right in saying as well? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm sure they have had plenty of other matches together, but this is probably the main one I recall. Um, so uh, for me, I would I would have had a lot more from them as well. But again, that's you know we can't be spoiled with these things. <laughs> yeah, for me, like the the surprising factor, and I suppose if you look at the amount of matches on the card, was you know it wasn't the the lengthiest of matches. Um, it was a lot more you know it was a lot longer than the the match that we'll, we'll come on to in a second. But um, <laughs> you know it didn't run super long. But at the same time, I felt like they still managed to. Get a, a, they crammed a lot into what was a, a relatively short match, and you know there was a lot of stuff in there with Jericho working the um, the arm, so he, he wasn't able to to do the walls of Jericho, for example. So he ended up getting the pin with the lion salt, and you know from a, from a ring psychology standpoint, you know Regal's one of the best. Jericho's fantastic as well, and I just felt yeah. that in the short amount of time they had the way that they could tell this story and make it believable, but still put on a really good you know kind of wrestling clinic um almost it's you know, the right it's... way to put it. it a clinic because like regal especially like and, and this is no disrespect to jericho he's, a, he's an absolute legend um but you know regal is really well known for his his classic um british chain wrestling style yeah. and you know you, you can't argue that his ability and his chops in the ring in that sense it was always going to be a clinic yeah definitely um so a fantastic way to kick off what was your favorite wrestlemania of all time the next match however um, take a bit of an umbrage too, to be fair. So the next match Ooh, on the card, okay. so Regale right to, <laughs> right to center, um, were, I didn't mind them to be fair. I thought they were a great little heel faction. It was obviously Stephen Richards had, had put together, you know, he'd, he'd corrected, you know, he'd, he'd cured, he'd fixed, you know, broken people like, you know, the Godfather who became the good father. Um, I think Val Venus, who obviously had a porn star gimmick became like, you know, just fucking whatever the fuck he became um so <laughs> he was you know we had bobby cannon in there for some reason yeah i don't really get it but at the same time i liked him as a B, unit you mean b squared um, surely of course b squared um but yeah so you know we had this and we had taz 
um, and the APA um, teaming up to kind of take them on, which kind of felt a bit thrown together. For me, this wasn't a pay-per-view calibre match. And that, mm. that's the problem I've got with it. It was, it just didn't feel like it belonged on the card, really. And I know, you know, at WrestleMania, you do, you need matches like that sometimes. as Because, I don't know, I feel like there's always this thing around like the second match um, being like the, the bathroom break match for some reason. Um, I know Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens were really unhappy that their match wasn't the opener. It was like match two or match three or whatever it was on the card. And they felt like that's the kind of bathroom break kind of match. So maybe this is the case for this one. And it was, that's why it got the position it was on the card. But I don't know. It was, it was really short. I don't think it lasted more than about three or four minutes. And I think probably the, the entrances and the, the pre-match thing with the APA and don't get me wrong. I love the APA. I love the, the little wooden door that you had to enter through, even though there was no walls. Like I loved all that, but they were backstage with Jacqueline who was like accompanying them to the ring. Um, and they spent more time on that and the entrances than I think they did the actual match. So, yeah, baffled me that this <laughs> this was on the WrestleMania card, if I'm honest. But, you know... Like, so the... It just feels like that, that sort of filler thing, doesn't it? That yeah. Was... And but... I think for something that we're dubbing, like the, the, like the best, the greatest WrestleMania, it's mad that anything felt like filler. But uh, that's not a massive criticism, by the way, because you're always going to have the, the weakest match on the card. There's no two ways about that. And... Um, you know, I dare say, Carl, this is probably the weakest match on the card. Yeah, definitely. Um, absolutely. I mean, if there was any kind of bright sparks to it, was the fact that, obviously, WrestleMania 17 took place in Houston, Texas. Bradshaw, massive Texan. Um, he obviously got is to he? pick up the win. He is indeed. Um, uh, he got to pick up the win, and obviously, you know, the fans were, were pretty happy with that. So, And obviously, the, the heel group that was right to center got, um, got pretty battered to be fair so yeah. yeah okay was it pay-per-view worthy nah not in my opinion but it was okay we move um to the next match which i just think is a fucking brilliant match <laughs> so fun um the hardcore title on the line raven was the champion taken on the likes of big show and kane so straight away from that visual you've got little old raven like six foot two six foot one whatever <laughs> you've got big show and kane as his two opponents so you know straight away i know yeah. a man who probably doesn't feel short normally <laughs> well yeah Suddenly exactly the little guy exactly um so straight away it's something that you you know you, you get interested in and then you know you see that it's for the hardcore title you start wrestling all over the arena i believe as well and i don't know how true this is but so there's a spot in there where they um start driving golf buggies right and raven gets in one um and big show manages to clam clamber into the the back of the golf uh, the golf cart so Raven's driving it and he loses control of it and he ends up crashing it into a wall. But if you watch it back, which obviously we've done for this segment, you can see that he he drives over the main power line <laughs> for the whole arena. <laughs> and then off the back of this, I looked into it and it, people were kind of saying like, if if he would have tore that cable, the whole power could have gone out to the whole arena, <laughs> the whole arena, um, yeah. which would have been fucking brilliant to be fair. But so we had that um, nearly happen. And then you've got Kane getting inside a golf cart with the, the referee jumps in the back and he, he almost forgets to stop breaking and effectively just runs Raven over. Like the whole thing is just fucking bonkers. But you get people th- it's, getting it's thrown through walls, doors, you know, windows. It's fantastic. This this reminded me how good the hardcore title was. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know, I know they're trying not to do this sort of thing in this day and age, and with PG and all that bollocks. But this this is the sort of thing that the twenty four seven title could be, even if they didn't make it look as as 
hardcore. Um, but it just yeah, it just really reminded me how good the the hardcore stuff was because most of it was humorous and and gimmicky. It wasn't like you, you hear the hardcore title and you assume it's going to be like you know blading and you know dangerous spots and stuff like that. But it wasn't all that. And don't be wrong, you've just mentioned about Kane nearly running Raven over, so there were some dangerous shit going on. But um, I don't know. They did they didn't half have some fun with the hardcore title over the years. No, they did. And also, for anyone who is watching this on YouTube, yes, I did forget to cycle through the images. And yes, you did just see me cycle through the, the first two. But, you know, we, we've already... I'll go back. We've spoken about Regal and Jericho. That was dead good. We've spoken about Taz and Right to Centre. That wasn't so good. And now we've yeah. got a little little shot yeah. of Kane, yeah. Big Show and so Raven. we fixed it now, okay? So, so back yeah, off. Okay. You know how much <laughs> editing goes into this post? You know, that, that that's what, you know, and I mean, I say we, you know, Anthony's life was basically taken up by editing. We found OBS. We do it this way. It's live. Sometimes we fuck up. Oh, yeah. It's usually me because I'm controlling it, but it's cool. So it gives a yeah. more improvisational tone. It does, right? And obviously you're like, ah, these guys, so, so crazy, so silly. That, you know, that's what we are. Mm. Um, but yeah, all in all, the match was good, I thought. Um, yeah, so we could have <laughs> taken out the rest of the show. Raven, you crazy bastard. But... Uh, how funny would that have been? <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but yeah, just all round good fun. And as you say, just memories of how good the hardcore title was and how fun of a match you could actually make it when it's not just a bunch of idiots, you know, you know chasing you around. Like... I'll give him his due. Raven's one who he doesn't stick in my memory for WWE, WWF, whatever. Um, but you know he was there. He did some good stuff. But do you know what I mean? Like mm. almost kind of unsung in a sense because like he, he, I suppose he put his time. He would put some years in. But I don't know. I never really think of him with um, with WWE. Like you look back yeah. stuff like this. And go, oh yeah. But I don't know. It just he doesn't sort of stick in my mind as a as a WWE guy, you know. And that's probably because he was so synonymous with um, ECW, I believe it was. Yeah. So I think, well, ECW and WCW. I think I think he had Raven's flock in WCW with the likes of Billy Kidman and stuff. But mm. I think he came over around the time of the invasion angle, which was about to happen after this WrestleMania. So he he'd not been there too long. But then mm. I think he I think he disappeared either during or ju- or towards the end of the invasion angle. And then he ended up making another run where he was wearing a kilt and he had dreadlocks, I remember. Um, oh, yeah, I do remember that. Do you remember that? that? Yeah. Um, he came back a little bit for that. But, yeah, he just he didn't spend that much time in WWE, really, as as Raven. So, um, but, yeah, it's crazy looking back and thinking, especially for the hardcore scene, you know, how, how good he was there. Um, yeah, he definitely, but, like, if he didn't fuck around with his character... He could have he could have had uh, like a good good tenure there really, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, the fact I forgot about the gimmick change, you know, that's uh, a good point. That that's what happened. That's what happened, and that's why you don't remember him. He was wearing a kilt. Um, so we had that match, and the next one um, is another one which might shock you, Anthony. So Test was the European champion, and he defended it against Eddie Guerrero. And for me, this match just felt a bit meh. Which is crazy when you consider how good Eddie Guerrero ended up being. Um, so this I was, say, and I don't want to. I don't. I'm not saying this to be a concert because I don't want to speak ill of the dead. But I was kind of not surprised though because I don't recall Test really being that good. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He was a big guy, and he got that big guy status in in WWE. Do you know what I mean? But like mm. as a as a wrestler and in terms of putting on a match. I don't, rem- and I know it was all cut very short, so I'm trying not to be disrespectful. But like, I don't, I don't recall any particular like, oh, he had a banger of a match test. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, so I'm kind of not surprised given who Eddie was working with. And I don't mean to be disrespectful when I say that. I'm just like, I don't know. I just don't remember Test being particularly great in the ring, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you're not wrong, to be fair. I think he he was really good, I felt, as part of TNA. Um, that was when he was, you know, he was yeah. <laughs> pretty good then. Obviously, he went back to being... Was he in the Un-Americans at one point? He might have been, I can't remember. But I he think, also yeah, had a run. He's Canadian, or was Canadian, wasn't he? So um, I think he did have a run as one of the Un-Americans. Yeah. yeah, I think he was in there for a little bit, and then he went solo. But then he had a thing with Stacey Keebler as well, didn't he? Where like she was his manager, but he was like being abusive to her or something. I can't remember. But mm. yeah, it's it's a shame really because he obviously Test made his appearance as he was dating Stephanie, and then the next minute she married Triple H, and then it was like, okay, we're just dropping that storyline now. And it was like, oh, and then he just <laughs> didn't have anything to do. Um, so he did kind of flounder for a little bit. But yeah, I don't know. This was obviously the Radicals had, had, had just kind of formed in WWE at the time, all defected from WCW. And I don't know, this was just not a classic Eddie match. And I think this was, mm. you know, this was before, I believe, he was doing the, was it before he was doing the Mamacita stuff with China? I think it was. Um, I can't remember, honestly. I don't um, know, you know, I don't know. Because this is not far off Invasion, 17. Yeah, maybe it's after then. Um, but after I, don't know, invasion, I don't know what it was. was Latino heat. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It it just it felt off. Like he didn't he didn't know what his character was almost. And obviously you had Perry Satin at ringside for the whole of it. And then Dean Malenko had to come down and basically help him pick up the win. It just felt a bit, I don't know, a bit cumbersome and a bit messy. And it definitely yeah. just wasn't um, one of Guerrero's finest, I felt. it's that's, Well, that's the thing. Let's be honest. It's not one that goes down in like, oh, Eddie's best matches or anything, is it, to be fair? Yeah. Well, it wasn't bad, but it was okay. Yeah, it was just like, meh, it was average, I felt. Um, it, it probably feels more average based on the rest of the match card, I would say. And especially mm. based on the match that followed it, which was, of course... And to be honest, it's a fucking stacked card, isn't it? So you make a really yeah. point. Um, with obviously the next match being Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle, probably two of the finest to ever do it. And I described the Jericho and, and Regal match as a, you know, an absolute wrestling clinic, and this was the same. Like, don't get me wrong, they went on to have better matches than this. Um, you know, the, the match we they had... We didn't know that was going to happen, though. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> I mean... It might have been WrestleMania 18. I can't remember. No, it couldn't have been 18 because Jericho was in the main event for that, wasn't he? Um, but they had a match, maybe it was 19, where it was Jericho. Um, I don't know when it was, but Jericho took on um, Benoit and Kurt Angle. I think it was the, all of them. And I think Kurt Angle might have been the, Euro, the European and the Intercontinental Champion, and he lost both of them on the same what night. Mania was that? Yeah, I remember pinned. that. So, like, for example, that one was really good. Um, mm. But also, you know, Benoit and Kurt did have better matches than this, but at the same time, it was still an excellent wrestling match. It was still a clinic oh, yeah. from two of the best to ever do it. Um, so yeah, it was it was different. You know what I liked about it was it just felt it was different to everything else on the card. It was almost like chain wrestling submission. It was just so different. It it just yeah broke it up yeah, nicely. When I felt when you're surrounded by like and. It, and it's no disrespect to these type of matches, but when you're surrounded by hardcore matches, street fights, TLC matches, and so on, this was like just wrestling at its best, like wrestling, mm-hmm. wrestling. You know, so I think uh, I think you're quite right there. Um, given the the surrounding um, matches, it probably stood out in that sense. Weirdly, because yeah. everyone else is gimmicky and it's meant to stand out on its gimmick, and this stood out for not being <laughs> gimmicky. Well, I think because everything else was a gimmick, and these guys are just 
two dudes who love wrestling just absolutely going after each other. So, yeah, I felt it kind of stood out in in the right way, um, if that makes sense. And it was mm-hmm. it was refreshing, and it was a bit of a break from what we'd seen up to that point in the night so far. So, yeah, great match. I, I love these two as wrestlers in terms of their ability and, and what they can do. Obviously, we know Benoit's career is going to be tarnished, obviously, and rightfully so for you know yeah, everything. It's, it's but you can't deny the... He was like, a fantastic worker. It is difficult because I I get what WWE are doing with that, but like it, like for 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 us, like you want to remember matches like this because they were fucking awesome, and I get why he's sort of scrubbed from WWE history. I really do, but um, I don't know. It is a shame in a lot of well, it, that's really a massive understatement because of what happened. Do you know what I mean? But like, yeah, um, it, it's a shame we can't have these matches go down in in history in that same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But I, I do um, get it. I do totally get it. Yeah, so really good match, really solid and different to everything else we'd seen up to that point. The match that followed it was a... I'm not sure if this was a returning China, um, to be honest. I can't... I know that Ivory had been kind of doing a fantastic job as the main um, female heel. Obviously, she joined right to center. She was previously... Um, like, I wouldn't say she was one of the more you know, showing everything off kind of um, women wrestlers, to be honest. So it's interesting that they went with her, but she was kind of like super against this and she would always cover up. And, you know, I I felt like she played the character really well. And China Mm -hmm. had been away for a while. So this was at the point of, obviously, it's it's very well known that China and Triple H were um, an item in real life. Um, Knock and then Yeah. um, And then during the you know, Triple H and Stephanie wedding angle, so on and so forth. They ended up developing feelings for each other. And, you know, China was the collateral damage in real life off the back of that. Um, so she and you're like, went... I think it wouldn't affect her career, but it fucking did. Yeah, massively. So she, you know, she went away for a bit and she did come back and ended up winning the women's title here. And, you know, it was a very short match. It was a squash match. Um, China looked fantastic in this match as well. She had a great entrance. She came out with a big fucking firework bazooka thing that she shot into the um, audience. She had some kind of like tribal, you know, look to her with like this headband. She just looked like, you know, the like a fucking Amazon warrior, do you know what I mean? Which is what I'm guessing she was trying to... Almost a glamazon. <laughs> Almost a glamazon. Um, Sorry, Beth. We know that's your thing. <laughs> but yes, you know she she was great. It was like a return to form, and obviously she she picked up the win quite easily. Um, but at the same time, I don't know. It also kind of missed the mark for me in another way, in the sense of that China was the big, you know, obviously the face, and Ivory was the heel. But there was certain moments where China just like you know lift, lifted her shoulders up and was like, "No, no, I'm not finished with you," kind of thing, and almost felt a bit more heelish than Ivory did. Which I don't know. I always have a bit of a problem with that. Yeah, I get that. It's um, echoes back to to modern day when we look at Charlotte and go, you you can't you you struggle to be a face <laughs> because you're more healy than anything. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I I only ever really remember China being a bad guy. Yeah. So it kind of like that was more synonymous with her. In all fairness. Yeah. True story. True that. Um, and then the next match was surprisingly over delivered for me, um, and that's obviously <laughs> Vince McMahon. What's this? Take it on Shane what McMahon. This so. Called? My God, so obviously Stephanie was daddy's little princess at this point, so at the Armageddon, like prior to this... Shane, mummy's boy? Yes, he was. Um, So daddy's little princess versus mama's boy Shane. And, uh, you know, in storyline, Vince was screwing Trish Stratus as well, apparently, you know, because 
why wouldn't you book yourself in that storyline if you own the company? Of course you would. <laughs> he basically got he basically got it on with everyone. He had a kissing scene with Tory Wilson at one point, like you know, insane. Um, but anyway, so it was Vince uh, with Trish and uh, Stephanie in his corner, and then obviously Shane had Linda in his corner. Now something had happened at this point where Linda was like co- like comatosed almost, so she was wheeled around in a wheelchair, she didn't speak, didn't react, and all this time, like, Vince and Trish would be, like, kissing each other right in front of her face, and she'd just be, like, comatose. For the story. For the story. For the um, story. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, obviously, this was the big kind of moment where Linda snapped out of that coma, kicked Vince in the balls, and uh, Shane ended up picking up the win. He had, obviously... This was, he hadn't had loads of matches by this point, but he was always looking for ways to, you know, step up his kind of look what I can do kind of thing. And he did still quite an impressive, you know, rope to rope kind of dropkick thing that he did as well. And it was just a physical match. You know, you can say whatever you want about Vince and, and Shane, but they will take some serious bumps and they will do some crazy shit. You know, I, don't I, really I don't think don't they're know, all there. <laughs> I really don't know what it is about Shane, but I still never look at him as a wrestler. Like the shit he's done in his career, yeah, and I still don't give him credit as a wrestler. <laughs> he's still just, you know, just his dad. You know, his his dad owns the company. That's why he's there. And I, I feel disrespectful doing that because, like, he's he's definitely he he's been part of some really good matches. He's he's definitely he knows his way around a ring. But I'll never, for whatever reason, my, my mind never goes to him as like a wrestler. I never give him credit for being a wrestler. That's yeah. right, folks. You heard it here first. Shane McMahon knows his way around a ring. Um. <laughs> a brass ring. Ah, I see. I see. Um, <laughs> I could, of course, but no. It, this was um, this this is this is the kind of thing you expect to see at WrestleMania. It was, you know, a, a father and son, a family drama. You know, crazy shit happening. It was, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it was really, really good. Oh, this is like the very definition of attitude era kind of booking as well. Let's be honest. Hundred um, percent. So yeah. And oh. I, I, you never mentioned Foley at all. I'm surprised at that. Yeah, so he he does get involved, doesn't he? He does end up kind of because obviously he... not as much as you'd expect, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true. You know, considering he's there on on the sort of the booking of it, but um, yeah, I forgive me again because you can probably remember the build up around it. Is how did he end up being the guest referee in this? Yeah, I can't can't actually remember <laughs> to be fair. Just, um, just a thing that happened. He was just there. Uh, yeah, don't know. <laughs> Do not know. But yeah, he uh, he did he did get involved. He did uh, beat up on Vince at one point, and then Linda kicked him in the balls, and then Shane finished him off. So Shane ended up the victor. You know, family things. We ended up getting to see something a little bit similar, like what three years later at WrestleMania. Oh no, it was in fact it was the year before, wasn't it? So it was WrestleMania sixteen. We got to see the McMahon in every corner. Right. That was WrestleMania two thousand. So. Um, so we had that, and then the following year we still had McMahon's in, you know, every corner, basically. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I think by the next WrestleMania, hadn't they um, started Invasion? Yeah. Which obviously was uh, Shane O'Mac and Steph, wasn't it? It was, it was. Mm-hmm. So interesting that we had, you know, such McMahon orientated, you know, feuding take such kind of precedence in the main pay per views over their years. But, um,. You can't fault the match, I thought, for what it was at WrestleMania for a gimmicky-style match. Yeah, I thought it was great. And another mm-hmm. match that was fantastic is the fucking TLC match, Anthony. Uh, historic, I love this match. Might say. Historic. 
historic. I just love this match so fucking much. It's just so good. It really, really is. It's like, well, you can have a ladder match, you can have a table match, you can have a chairs match. Well, you can have a tables, ladders, and chairs match and have everything. And why? Because we got the guys who do the tables, the guys who do the ladders, and then the other two who was like, well, we'll have chairs. <laughs> well, to be fair, they get a lot of shit for this, but they, 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 they came up with the concerto, didn't they? Probably specifically for this match type. But it was like, well, we're really good with chairs because we beat your skull in. And it was like, ah, okay. So it did kind of make sense. Everyone had their specialty. You know, it spelt out TLC, which is tender love and care, but also tables, ladders, and chairs. It was all a play on words. Love it. Yeah. I mean, you don't even need to say a lot about this match. It was it was a fantastic match. These are the guys who fucking invented it, so who's going to do it any better than these? This, for me, was like, this is tag team wrestling, which we yeah. haven't seen in WWE in God knows how long. It's the funny thing, isn't it? Because you, you, no one associates WWE with, with good tag team wrestling. But this was it. This was like probably the best that you ever see tag team wrestling in, in any for any um, company. And yet, how did they fall so badly? Like Tag teams are just ridiculously booked now. It's <clears throat> so abysmally booked now. Well, I don't even just, know who the tag team champions are on Raw. They're just an afterthought. Like Even back then... Like, they look like tag teams, they dressed the same, you know what I mean? You'd look at them and go, oh, are they a team? Now, it's literally just any random pairing, and it's like, yeah, they're a tag team now. It's bizarre. And naturally, WWE have have moved that winning formula over to the women's division, so now they just randomly (laughs) slap women together and go, right, you're a tag team now, Natalia and Tamina. You you guys have got famous dads. Yeah, that works. Um, Sorry, slight digression. Slight digression. But great match. Um, obviously, the 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 iconic moment of uh, Edge spearing uh, Jeff Hardy off the ladder is something which will go down as um, you know one of the most iconic moments in in WrestleMania. I don't think it made our list. To be fair, it was probably just on the outside well, of it. it. That's the thing because we were doing a top ten, and this might have been like eleven or something. It was definitely close. Um, mm-hmm. I know it it was up for discussion when we were making the list. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's definitely an iconic moment. Certainly was. So that was epic, and then for me, as a kid growing up in the early 90s, loving wrestling, the gimmick battle royal, I can't speak highly enough about this. People look at this and like, uh... This was probably a little more lost on me than it was for your good self. Well, I mean, firstly, you had fucking Bobby the Brain Heenan, the fucking best commentator ever. You know, I think at this point he just had his first bout of throat cancer, um, and he, he was there, he was on commentary, he didn't miss a beat. He was fantastic. Fucking love Bobby. Um, obviously, Gorilla had a... Uh, I think he'd, he'd probably already passed away at this point, or he was in really ill health. I can't really remember. So he had Mean Gene um, with him. And, mm. you know, these two were fantastic. You know, I've, I've, I I just love them too. Um, obviously, Heen and Monsoon were the, the best, but, you know, Mean Gene in his own right is fantastic as well. Oh, yeah. And it was just <laughs> the crazy... Like, I love gimmicks. Like, for me, in, like, 92, 91, it was all about gimmicks. You had a policeman, a Mountie, you had a convict. You had, you know, like, all, it just all made sense. Um, So. A dentist. (laughs) Well, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, You know, fucking an army guy, a hockey player. Um, (laughs) Repo man. (laughs) Yeah, repo man. Fucking love, love repo man. Um, So, you know, a hillbilly, literally. So. Yeah, I, lo- I fucking love a good gimmick battle royal, but if you look at the people who were in this, so you had, um, obviously the Iron Sheik won the whole thing, but you had Brother Love, um, who obviously was The Undertaker's first ever manager, um, obviously is 
the guy who runs Raw today, so that's great. Um, we have uh, we had the Bushwhackers, we had Jim Cornette, we had Doink, um, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, legend, um, Earthquake, Gobbledygooker, the Goon, who's the obviously the hockey guy, Michael Hayes, the Freebird. Not really a gimmick, to be fair, but whatever. You know, the, I mean, the thing about this is they had nineteen participants, so I feel like they kind of ran out of uh, people that they could book. But fair play to them anyway. Yeah. You had Hillbilly Jim, you had Kamala, you had Kim Chi, he was obviously Kamala's handler, One Man Gang, Repo Man, Sergeant Slaughter, Tugboat, and Nikolai Volkov. So just a load of crazy bastards, a load of legends, and it just made for a super fun. But I mean, who doesn't love a Battle Royal? We love the Royal Rumble, we love Battle yeah, Royals. Can't beat and a good battle royal. To see all these guys come back and get a WrestleMania payday, to see Bobby Heenan back um, announcing was, you know, still to this day, just love it. So. People look at this and it's like, oh, this was awful. It was like bathroom break material, but nah, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, and then the second to last match of the card, Undertaker, Triple H. The first of what would become a trilogy because they ended up facing each other two WrestleManias in a row later down the line. Um, but this was the first one. This was when Undertaker was the, you know, big evil, dead man ink. And... Uh, yeah, fantastic match. Um, again, these two, are, you know, in my opinion, they've always had really good chemistry um, yeah. together. And yeah, not not too much else to say about it, really. It was there, there isn't. I mean, I think this is at a point, and you know, correct me if you disagree, but I think I'm trying to remember when they started making the streak a big thing, because obviously we had the streak here, but when mm-hmm. was it like such a uh, like a big thing of like trying to beat the streak? Because I feel like the next two times they they went up against each other, it was a bigger deal to try and sort of you know end the streak. Uh, yeah. I don't think it was that the case here. Don't be wrong; he, he still had a number of WrestleManias under his belt at this point. But I don't know. I feel like it wasn't as it wasn't booked in that way. Do you know what I mean? To be honest, it was never even spoken about. I think after this, you had like you know the likes of him and fucking Ethan Jones taking on Mark Henry and the Big Show and stuff like that. Well, you know what I mean? Like it was started on that one. <laughs> so Mr. like it was fucking, stuff. What was he called? The fucking Beast of Boggo Road or whatever. Fucking spinny what kick. Was he? And then we never see the fucker again. Yeah. Sort of about Boggo Road. I can't. Yeah, remember. it was Boggo Road. Um, but yeah, so obviously it only kind of came into light, you know, as a okay, the streak. You know, we're going to talk about it, like probably quite a few years after this, like five or six years maybe. Yeah, and I'm um, trying to remember when it was a thing because as stupid as it sounds, it feels like it's always been a thing. But it ha- it, like the streak has, but it, as far as a, a a booked mentionable thing, it hasn't. Yeah, you know? it's, mad, it's mad how it kind of it, it kind of grew in uh, you know notoriety towards the end of that streak. It was like it was talked about. It was main event and shows even you know without titles on the line and everything wasn't it all to do around yeah. the streak which is something they ignored for so many years so i think because the thing it kind of happened by accident didn't it i don't think yeah. they deliberately had him like go what, what did he end up with 21 before he got beaten yeah yeah and um <clears throat> like i don't think they deliberately did that well they obviously started to deliberately do that towards the end but like you say at, the, at this point when they're not really mentioning it you wonder sometimes whether that was just you know, fortunate booking that he never lost. Definitely, I think. Like, if if you look at the people he went up against over them years, like, you know, it's definitely lucky that he um, he held up that streak because uh, there's a couple yeah. of times he could have ended up losing that thing. But yeah, I think they got to a point where they were like, "Do you realise he hasn't actually lost in X number of years?" And they're like, "Hmm, maybe we can do something with this." But yeah, great. Yeah. You know, you might say he's on a streak. 
<laughs> you might. But yeah, this was a this was a fantastic little match, and it was, you know, to think that this wasn't even the main event. We then went on to what was the main event of the evening. It was Rock and Austin two, and you know oh the first <laughs> the first match took place at WrestleMania 15s. This is two years later. In that first match, Austin picked up the win. Ahead of this one, Austin, you know, even the promo hype video for this with the Limp Biscuit My Way stuff, that was so good. Um, but there was loads of stuff going on ahead of this. There was like... I missed the promo packages. Like, that were that good. And they played the, the good music, none of this bullshit you get now. I know. Ah, Back nice. in our day. Um, but yeah, they had like some weird stuff going on with this with like Vince May, Deborah, The Rock's manager. And then, you know, stuff was happening there. She got injured and Austin took it out on The Rock because he wasn't protecting her. And... All this kind of stuff was happening. They were both still baby faces at this point, but um, Austin had said ahead of the the WrestleMania card that you know I will do whatever it takes to to win mm. that belt. And but everyone did was we just know like, what was about to unfold. Well, exactly. So right, this is so polarizing as as an event, and that's what one of the reasons why it's one of our top Mania moments. And it's because some people loved this based on how much of a shock factor it was like stone cold has made a deal with the devil the literal devil vince mcmahon how is this even possible other people were like no he didn't need to turn him and that was the end of the attitude era because effectively it was because we went on to the invasion stuff pretty much yeah, straight after the media. reality era mm. yeah so Fair point you know, the right, this was effectively the end of the Attitude Era because The Rock, after this, went on to do movies and stuff for a bit. Austin kind of took his ball and went home when they wanted him to lose to Brock Lesnar. Um, you know, so there was... Yeah, there was a lot of yeah. stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, I mean, I'm... Personally, I'm one who... I, I liked it. I yeah. was in it for the shock factor. You didn't see it coming, and that's the reason it's so talked about today. I don't think you can knock it for that. I, I think they should have done it. Yeah, me too. I am um, like even even just for that visual of like Stone Cold and Vince McMahon shaking hands, like yeah. that alone must be people like what? Like if if you hadn't seen the pay per view and you saw that the next morning, like as a spoiler, you would go what the f-? and you, you'd want you would pay to what yeah. like get that and show. To me, that that is the payoff of a long time thing. They built up their hatred of each other for so long that that was kind of the payoff, wasn't it? That yeah. at some point that happened, and that's what made it so memorable. So to me, if the, if if he just took his ball and went home as he did without this ever happening, then it wouldn't have been a good end. It wouldn't have been in any way any more interesting. It's like, well, Stone Cold doesn't like Vince McMahon, so that that's how it's always been. Um, I think that the fact that he had this makes it so much more talk. It's much more of a talking point. So how can we not do it? No, how definitely. can you disagree with this ten? <clears throat> and I think as right well of. Choice. Of their WrestleMania trilogy, this probably gets looked at as their finest match that they worked together in terms of the match quality. I obviously still hold a little bit of favour to the 19 match just because it was Austin's retirement and stuff like that. But, you know, you can't argue that these two just worked together so well in this match. Um, It was just so damn enjoyable, do you know what I mean? And it just topped off what was just an epic, um, you know, card of, of matches. So, yeah. So that was the show. Do you agree? Do you agree with the people, Anthony? Is this the best WrestleMania you've ever seen? Maybe. <laughs> oh. It's okay. definitely up there. The card is a fantastically stacked card. It's hard to disagree, but if I'm honest, like, and I don't even know what I'd pick for my my favorite Mania, but like 
as an example, one that sticks in my mind, and apologies because I don't remember the numbers, but um, one that st- always sticks in my mind, and it'll surprise you because I never speak favourably of the man, but um, it was Rock versus Hogan. Okay, that was 18. That was the year after. Um, yeah. And I think that was because that I was like, like this was me getting into wrestling. The year after, I was properly into wrestling. And that, again, is iconic, that, that moment that Hogan became Hogan again. Because bear in mind, he came into it as a heel. He came into it as part of the NWO. Um, so to see him sort of be won back over by the crowd and, and get that respect from The Rock, that is memorable as fuck. And it sticks in my mind so much because that's when I was probably at my peak of like wrestling's fucking awesome. Um, so in some senses, I kind of like that one more, but not for the reasons of like looking at the card objectively and going, the quality is so much better. It's because that's just mm. what sits with me more. So I'm, I'm trying to be fair to, to say I'm not knocking 17 at all, but like, if I was to sit down and watch one, it might be 18 just for the nostalgia factor. Okay. Like, I would guess this isn't your favourite, and I would guess your favourite is probably earlier in the 90s. Do you know what? I don't which one, but I would, that would be my guess with your good self, because for a similar reason. I, I actually did our bracket um, that we did on socials um, the way I, I would have answered um, the bracket that I did, and this did come out as number one for me. So... Uh-huh. It could be okay. the way that I structured the bracket, maybe. It could, you know, but at the same time, you know, you can't really argue because every WrestleMania went up against each other at some point. So, um, yeah, yeah you know. it was a really clean bracket, to be fair. I, mean, I think a lot of hard work went in there, and uh, I don't think you can argue it's fairness. I don't think it was ever orchestrated so that certain ones didn't didn't um, go up against others, you know. Yeah, like it was one of them. I tried to make it as fair as I could, and, and when I did do it, you know, this did end up coming out on top. And I think if you look at it, you know, up and down across all of the card in terms of what it brought and what it offered, other than mm. maybe one or two matches where we were a bit like meh, like and most of the card. Every every pay per view has a couple of meh, so yeah, you can't really knock that. And but to like, be fair, that's the thing. If I look at the card, I sit and look at the card. You got that that main event, that iconic heel turn. You've got, uh, uh, you know, like you say, there's not a lot you can say about it, but a really good match between the Undertaker and Triple H. Um, I know it's a little bit polarizing, but the gimmick battle royal always good fun. TLC match, fucking amazing. You know, um, I again, street fight wise, you kind of have to have that sort of stuff on there. But then we had some fucking absolute clinics between Kurt and Benoit. We had Jericho and and Regal, and yeah, like you could make a, a really decent card even just removing those couple of eh, ones. Do you know what I mean? Like, definitely, it definitely. It's an absolute fucking banger of a of a pay per view. But as I say, for me, it's just that 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 personal edge for me that I'm like. It doesn't stick in my memory as well as others, but that's just because I was getting well, do you into know what? Like certain things I wasn't as invested in because I was still kind of new. What what I think is going to be really interesting is you know next week we are going to be looking at what the the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time are. So obviously we did moments last week. This week we're doing obviously the WrestleMania Rewind, but next week we're looking at the, the greatest WrestleMania matches. And I I don't think. And I could be wrong because obviously we haven't done the list yet. I don't think we'll see any of the matches from WrestleMania 17 on that list. Interestingly, I can see your points. But if you look at it from a, a cohesiveness as a WrestleMania card, because like, don't get me wrong, there's WrestleManias out there that's had like, you know, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, or you know, Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. These are matches which are f- so fucking unbelievably good, but the rest of the card was just like bland as fuck or just meh. So, mm. you know, for me, this wins because if you look up and down that card, there was excitement that kept you, you know, 
entertained throughout, which you don't always get from a WrestleMania card. You might get a marquee match or you know two or three good matches, but the rest of the match like card feels like filler. Whereas for me, this is honest, one that like, just even the structure in a way is perfect when you look at it. Like you mm. start out with your really really good kickoff, then you have you can you have your little bit of a come down. You know what I mean? And then we go right back into some like absolute classic matches. Then we get some of the more fun gimmicky stuff. And then we go into that massive heel turn at the end. And it's like it, it closed the show perfectly. It opened the show perfectly. And it wasn't like, let's just keep rising. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's sort of fatigued by we got to the... Because that's the difficulty as well. You don't want to like tire the audience out before you get to your big main event. Do you? So you need to balance it. And I think the balance was really good on this as well. Like as, as fun as it is, that battle royal is like it's daft and silly isn't it so you don't like it you're not as like hyped on it but you can just kind mm. of enjoy it or you can you can go and get some food or whatever you want to do that's kind of the um i'm I, i'm not trying to discredit it and say that's the bathroom break match but that's kind of like it's that fun gimmicky thing isn't it that you don't have to take too seriously and i think they balance everything kind of really well on this card as well yeah like for me you know a wrestlemania card needs to have a little bit of everything and yeah. that's what this kind of has like the battle royal is that nostalgia element that you would normally get from like a you know and there's been better ones obviously like the whole rock austin hogan like promo thing that happens like that's like oh mm. sh- holy shit these three together that's amazing so stuff's been better but this was you know as as part of a, a, an overall card that was the like nostalgia element you had the technical wrestling element you had um like the drama kind of soap opera elements with like the mcmahon stuff that was going on and linda like it literally had everything that you could have wanted as well as some seriously built up rivalries as well so yeah i think if you look up and down that card it's the most cohesive for sure and that's probably what makes it you know that's what is the tip of the iceberg i think that pushes it over yeah no, i totally agree and that is our review of wrestlemania 17 as part of wrestlemania rewind so as anthony said at the start of the show thank you everybody who took part in you know our tournament bracket as part of eight of the kenya um obviously you chose this wrestlemania as your favorite and you know it's been great to look back at it and review it and you know go down memory lane so thank you for your participation i think um you know we've had a, a couple of other people off the back of this suggest that we do more of this type of thing maybe even you know one for SummerSlam, for example so i mean it'd be fun to to like it 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 takes a lot of setup like uh i'm not gonna lie because like and again i I want really want to make sure you get like people understand the the work you put into that tournament because it wasn't just like throw all the manias in there and see what happens it was thought out um and the balance was perfect for it so i don't want to over offer but i think it'd be cool to eventually do one for the big four in general yeah 100 percent. so obviously best like world rumble obviously we did you know the first rewind segment we did was at the world rumble um yeah. just gone and we did uh, 1992 which was my favorite rumble but that might not mm. be our our you know listeners our fans favorite rumble, you, yeah so. that's the thing it'd be interesting to see what comes out of a tournament wouldn't it yeah definitely and you know if it happens to be 1992 that wins again then we'll pick the runner up damn it um but yeah <laughs> I think um, it's a great shout. I'd love to do it for SummerSlam, as someone suggested. I'd love to do it for Survivor Series and then obviously for the Rumble um, when it rolls around as well. But I think it's something that we've thoroughly enjoyed. We've thoroughly enjoyed seeing everyone's participation and the feedback that you've all had for it as well. And, you know, we'll look to continue to bring this kind of stuff um, on our socials and, and to help it, you know, all feed back into the show that we put on for you. So that was WrestleMania Rewind. That was WrestleMania 17. And we'll be back 
to talk this week in wrestling after this. You're watching or listening to A to the K. 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 These guys are awesome. Check it out. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later.